Hello and welcome to another episode of Unboxing Women where we explore the gender gap in the music and entertainment industry. If you're active in the music business, an independent artist, a musician or just curious about how it all works then this pod is for you. My name is Micah Rose and with me is my friend Dana Rex. We are both independent recording artists based in Europe and we are here to reveal what really goes on behind the scenes. You can listen to us on our YouTube channel and on your favorite podcast platform. Today, we are joined by Salt Ashes, an upcoming uh, alt-pop artist. Her new album, Killing My Mind, takes you through her struggles with relationships, mental health, and sexual harassment. Honestly, go have a look at her video for the song Lucy. I think we can all relate on one level or another. Um, yeah, welcome. How are you Hi. doing? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your story. I'm an independent artist from Brighton, living between Brighton and London at the moment. And um, I make, uh, people say dark pop, so dark pop electronic music. And I Yay. think we have another one that. of those here. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. You always get that as well, the dark pop thing. And I'm like, well, I guess it is dark pop. Yes, yes. I kind of had to research, you know, what is my genre? And then I'm like, oh, I don't know. Is it pop? Like straight up pop? It's definitely not. So, and I indeed found my way to dark pop. So I, I do say that my music is dark pop. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good it's a good genre. But genres these days are just they're really sort of meandering between. I mean, I, I feel feel like as an artist, you can be in so many different boxes of genres these days, and it's completely cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's become a lot more fluid. I think it's it's one of the hardest things really nowadays. Like, what genre do I? And everybody asks you, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, what genre? Ah. Uh, not quite yeah. sure. <laughs> it's, really, it's, it's difficult, I think, because especially if you are making albums, then um, I think it's just a lot more acceptable these days to cross genre, bet between genres and to have one track that is really got loads of heavy guitar on it and then another track that is completely synth-based and more 80s influenced. And then, you know, so I feel like, yeah, it's very more, it's much more accepted these days. Um, so that question is sometimes a little bit tricky, but that pop, I guess, sum summarizes it quite nicely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so from the UK, um, Brighton, uh, but you are, um, or your roots are half Spanish and half Mauritian, I read somewhere in an interview. She's done her research. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my mum's Spanish, my dad's from Mauritius. All right. And your <laughs> artist name, Salt Ashes, what does it mean exactly? It's funny because I'm not really sure it has one particular meaning, but I, when I first came up with that name, it was, well, I didn't come up with it really. It was written on the side of a boat in Brighton because I love walking along the seafront there. And there was a small little, little canoe type wooden boat and it had salt ashes scratched on the side of it. So I imagine it's the, the name of that boat. And um, at the time I was writing a lot about like, including a lot of the elements and writing a lot about love loss and how the seas would pull me and, and things like that. So I felt like it really represented my style of writing at that time. And I initially wanted to use it as a, a song lyric, but every time I came to use it, it just didn't quite fit. So when I was thinking of a what I thought would be a project name to begin with, just a project name, that one really resonated with me um, and it just kind of kept going back. So I, w I went with it and it turned into an artist's name and now it's forever there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's really good. Yeah. 
yeah. it's really cool. Well, I, I, a lot of people, whenever they see the name, they always think that it's like a heavy metal band or something. So I don't know whether I love that or hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I have the same problem with my branding. I'm always like warrior-esque and like with the with the war paint on my face and in, in like some kind of armor. So it's very, it's, it is kind of metal rock kind of thing. And, uh, and then it's like, oh yeah, dark pop and all electronic. So <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, may, maybe we should just decide to love that. I think I love it. Yeah. I'm going to decide right now that I love it. <laughs> Good on you. Done. Do that. Yeah, it's done. Done. done That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you brought out an album. It was last year, right? It was 2021? Yeah, it was November, in November mm -hmm. 2021, yeah. How long yeah. have you been working on that? Um, pr Probably for maybe a year or two. It was definitely dur during lockdown. There, there were a couple of tracks that had been written before, um, mm -hmm. but they hadn't yet been sort of produced or worked on. And they were kind of tracks that I never thought were, that I loved, but I never thought we're going to see the light really it, one of them being love love which ended up being a single um but I, I guess just the way that it was produced initially just didn't really fit in with with the rest of my style and then we mm. during lockdown my producer that worked on this album with me Louis Soyev we well he reincarnated it really I should say and um yeah so about about two years it was it was quite cathartic to be able to do it during lockdown but at the same time we kind of drove each other a bit crazy <laughs> because <laughs> we were like we, we made a little bubble me and the producer and um yeah wrote 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 very from the heart and wrote um I guess more should I say more authentically that kind of sounds like I've never written authentically but I guess it was from an even more raw place mm -hmm. I think because yeah. everything you know everything in the world was going so badly and we were all very raw weren't we and yeah. I think probably all a lot more emotional in general and I definitely think that you can hear that in the songwriting not just from the part my input but also from Louis's input um so yeah I quite I I like this album for that reason because it kind of represents not a very good time but um just all the emotions that we were going through during that time and, and everyone in the world really yeah I yeah, feel I like songs that really came out of lockdown are just different. They just resonate different. Yeah, they do. And and I think that that's, um, <clears throat> that's probably a positive thing to come out of such an awful situation. So mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. And so you have two full albums and a myriad of singles and EPs. How do you decide in what form to release your material? Um... To be honest, it, it just kind of happens. <laughs> I don't think there's ever really, um, I don't want to say a plan, but we released the first album and that was because, you know, I'd spent my life writing all of this material as you do. Um, and it just felt right to kind of release a big body of work. And then after that, it felt, it just felt right to just release single by single, probably as I was trying to evolve the sound a little bit more um and just kind of find my my footing with that and then again it came to the point where it was like actually I feel I feel like I want to put out a cohesive body of work again and and it felt it just felt right you know there wasn't really any strategy or anything like that but it was just feeling like okay actually I've spent however long writing now and it was good to signify that moment of time during lockdown as well um yeah so it's just a, a gut feeling I guess 
but you know it's not really an album's market these days is it so it was no it was a, it was it was more of a personal um it was more of a personal thing that I wanted to just release the album rather than it being from a business point of view you know mm, yeah yeah well I don't know what, what about you guys Good well, question. I mean, <laughs> um, that has a more extensive body of work. I just released my first EP last year. So um, basically, I've been thinking of doing singles as well, because I just find like, I'm doing a lot of things right now for one and another is just finding what you want. I think at the moment, it's evolving so quickly, the way I want to write that it just it wouldn't fit on one album. It, it just, it, yeah. it would look very incohesive. Um, but, and but also you know that I'm not, I'm not sure whether that's a bad thing anymore. I, I, actually don't. I, I actually don't. I do feel like there are, I mean, yes, I know I just said that I release a cohesive body of work, <laughs> but I do feel like there are so many artists nowadays that when you listen to their album, one song to the next, they could be in like vast amount of genres, you know? That's true. Um, I do think, like, in general, it is something you can play with and, and do nowadays. But I feel singles are just a lot easier <laughs> as well. <laughs> like an album, it just takes so long and then you release it and it's like something that took you years of work um, and it's out there and, it, you know, there's the pressure is so big for it to do well. Um, so I'm I'm not sure I'm ready for that quite yet <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's one of those things and um i uh i love your dark electronic like 80s vibes from your first releases actually also uh like in uh if if you let me go um it reminds me a bit of kylie minogue but from like an alternative universe and i i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've had i've had i've had someone say that before in the past actually like a dark Kylie Minogue. Yeah, exactly. Them. And I also hear influence from influences from Kate Bush, and uh, you can clearly hear like a progression to uh, like a more darker alternative sound from then to now. So tell us who you were inspired by growing up and how you evolved the design of your sound. Mm. Well, growing up, it was I was listening to so many different artists because my family were never. They're not from the music industry. They're not music buffs, I would say. So for, for us, we were just listening to whatever was on the radio. But then I, a lot of my music knowledge was from my brother and sister, who are much older than me. And so I basically learned music through them, I guess. So they were listening to the likes of um, Lauren Hill and Nirvana and Coldplay and Oasis and um, Annie Lennox and people like that. And, and you know, and the, my parents were listening to the likes of... Um, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, George Michael, Lionel Richie, that kind of stuff. Um, so it was very eclectic when I was younger. And I think I I, I basically just um, worked on my voice when I was younger. I just thought that being a singer was just about your voice. So for me, it was imitating every, every singer that I could hear and 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 yeah and just really honing that craft and then as I grew up and went to school college and then eventually went to music university in Brighton that's I feel like where my proper musical knowledge came about when I was surrounded by all these you know inspiring other musicians other students and who were just showing me stuff my ex-boyfriend who was playing me people like Jeff Buckley and Kate Bush and 
people like that. And that's then when I really discovered disco and Georgia Moroda and that track by Donna Summers, I Feel Love, was such a big anthem for me. And then from there, it kind of diversified into bands like Change, which are really big. Um, they, were, they were an old school dance uh, disco band I should say as well and then it moved on to like Daft Punk, Depeche Mode, people like that so it, it's so I know a lot of artists say it was so eclectic but it really was really eclectic <laughs> um, and then continued with the indie bands as well whenever I went to see whenever I went to festivals it was always going to see indie bands so it was um yeah a wide a wide range but yeah. the that first album I worked with um, a guy called Daniel Friedhelm who was very heavily influenced by um like electronic like hardcore electronic music um and we shared influences of like Todd Terrier and Daniel Avery um and people like that and I feel like with my kind of 80s and disco stuff and he also had shared that too and then with his more electronic side we that's how we created that first album but the second album I guess we just all evolve as humans, don't we? And as as we mm. and, and as artists, and uh, I just really love that darkness now. And just like you know, when when a sound just like hits you in the gut and just like rumbles in your stomach, and I I really like that. And I just I really wanted that album to to have that, but then also make you want to cry and also make you want to dance and also um, make you want to think about what's going on in in the in the, in the tracks basically yeah. absolutely so. oh wow yeah I can totally relate <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> or maybe not with the dark stuff but I, I mean melancholic as well <laughs> yeah 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 you, you you want your you want your listeners to feel something whatever it is oh, yeah. you want them to like be moved don't you you recently wrote some songs with uh, well there's a there's a lot of songs actually uh with feminist subjects like lucy and body says how long have you been doing that and what are they about um i'm not really sure that i've i've ever really not intentionally or like a whole song written about those kinds of subjects um not because i don't feel strongly about them but um maybe because I didn't feel like I had the voice to to write that. And I, I feel like everything that's happening in the world right now and the fact that we're able to see it all on the news and, you know, social media and stuff, I do feel like um, I just suddenly realised that people like me should, people like us, should use our platform to talk about these subjects um, because if it makes one person ask a question and one person have a conversation about it, then that's a good job done for us. Um, so the, re the reason why Lucy first came about is because um, I had an experience, well, like you guys probably do, I, I have lots of experiences, negative experiences with men. Um, but one of them was when I was stood at um, a petrol station and I was just, like filling up my car there was a guy on the other side filling up his car he started like calling out to me and I and I thought oh maybe he knows me so I was like oh just be polite and I was like hi you know like mm. and then I was like and then I was like oh no I don't think I know and then I realized that he was like he was basically catcalling me and just like like kissing it kissing at me and all the stuff and I'm like, right darling like just saying saying all of the stuff and then I was like 
no thank you just said no thank you and then as soon as I said no thank you and turn around he started hurling abuse at me of course and it was just like <laughs> I love that like, it's like you're so pretty and then you don't want to and then you're yeah. so ugly <laughs> I know it's just ridiculous he just started calling me like big-headed and like you're obviously like I don't know if I could swear on this podcast can I yes, yes. you can okay go he's just like you know you're an absolute bitch da, da, da. like I was just so, I mean awful things that I actually don't really want to want to repeat but yeah. um so and I was just thinking that moment like for me it that doesn't bother me as in it doesn't it doesn't trigger me it doesn't make me cower or anything um but other women would would it would trigger them and it would make them feel very intimidating very intimidated and in that moment I just thought like I kind of was like uh whatever and I just I kind of didn't think about it I was like uh whatever ignore him I was just like fuck off yeah. and just like went and kind of did my thing I was just like yeah yeah whatever fuck off and went and like paid for the stuff and then it was when I was driving home I was like but the other women wouldn't be able to do that other women would um yeah feel triggered and um would be way more affected by it than I would and and, and they shouldn't ever be put in that situation is the point you know they should never have to deal with that um so that's how Lucy kind of came about and it's it's just generally about um people objectifying and commodifying other people I guess and um and that's what he he did but then he obviously took offense because I didn't want to do all the lovely things he was telling me he wanted to do. Yes, and the things that make you go like, oh, yeah, yes, I've exactly. always wanted to try that with you specifically. Yes. <laughs> Especially when they start kissing their teeth at you, you're like, what? Oh, God, that is like, that is literally the only thing that I want a man to do yeah. at me is just yeah. to go like, you know, you're like, yeah. oh, God, no, it's disgusting. <laughs> like, go away. And like licking their teeth as well. Oh, you're like, God. Oh, so gross. Like, I, we don't, and, like, we've had this discussion before. Like, I don't understand why guys still do this because it obviously never works. <laughs> like, it can't ever work. I know. It reminds me of. It has worked in the past. I don't, I don't it's think like, so. It's going around on TikTok, like, they lick their lips and they're like, what is that about? Why do they do that? Whoever told them that that was a thing that we love to see? It's it's like they're goats or something. Do you think it's some kind of weird secret manual that they all read and they're like, oh, yeah, this is what, this is what women like. Like, it's a secret, though. Keep it. Keep it a secret. Don't show them. It was clearly you know, written like, by a man because they had no idea. No, yes, definitely by a man. It's ridiculous. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they, why they do that. But as I said, when people, when men do that to me, I doesn't bother me. It just makes you go like, ugh. But to other women, it would trigger them, and it would, yeah, know, yeah. yeah. So they I think that also. I mean, it really also depends on the situation because, like, there's a lot of times where I would also be like, oh well, just fuck off because, like, dude. Um, but there are times when these people are actually really intimidating. Yeah. Like, okay, you're right, actually. You yeah. know, like, if they're really physically intimidating, if they start getting close to you and you have nowhere to go, you have no escape, yeah. Um, yeah. which in itself, I mean, you shouldn't have to be put in that situation. But, yeah. you know, it just, there are, there's just such a fine line of where it becomes intimidating for what person. And yeah. the whole point is just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think yeah, they're, exactly. They're very aware that they're intimidating. If they if if he would like have followed you inside like to pay or whatever and then followed you outside back to your car for example, I I'm, I'm sure they they know very very well that what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. They must do. They must do. I mean, you know, see each man is different and I guess each man is doing it for different reasons, but um we we human beings, we're not stupid. We surely we understand what what is intimidating and what isn't intimidating yeah. by how we're acting, you know? Mm. It must get a power thrill. Yeah. Mm. It's um it's just strange. It's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Um, it is. But yeah. And so your um your other single body says follows the same kind of theme of female empowerment. Um mm-hmm. it, it's it was about the male gaze. Uh, we we have talked about this a lot on the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I'd say it is obviously a very similar topic, but I'd say that body says is more about um the assumptions that we put on other people. Um so you know, assuming that someone well, I mean you know, it is it is men, I guess, but I, I like, prefer to say people. But um, yeah, people just assuming that because they want something that the other person wants that that mm-hmm. thing. Um, and it's also you know judging judging people by their looks or by their behaviour, by what what they say. Um, and then on the flip side, it's about owning your own owning your body and owning your choices and um, being allowed to to own them and being allowed to say no or being allowed to say yes whichever one it is um so yeah very similar topics but um slightly different you know stance points I guess yeah oh it's it's really like it's sorry I was going to say that um you know body says is is really about that first encounter it's about that kind of initial uh you know they someone meets you they assume that you you want to go home with them it's a bit like the the garage, I guess, that mm-hmm. garage scenario, really. Yeah. 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 Well, I especially enjoyed the EP Counting Crosses, which is from a bit before that. I mean, that's totally my kind of thing, like a dark mix of styles and then vocal chops and fun bits. <laughs> and I thought that yeah. your uh, cover of Into the Groove is <sighs> genius. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that cover actually, and that's the first um, track that I've fully produced by myself and released because I wow like yeah I, I'm always just like I'm not a producer I cannot release this stuff but that because it was a cover I was like oh, it's fine I can put that one out it's not such a big deal wow and but what did it, you use for that what what programs just logic um don't ask me what what plugins i use because as i said i i don't really call myself a producer but i i most of it's guitar so most of it's played on electric guitar and then using Mm. lots of different um effects and stuff on it and then i guess just some loops just some um uh yeah logic loops nothing really nothing fancy at all because i don't really know what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) well it sounds great (laughs) thank you but that that ep that counting crosses ep i love that ep so much i really felt like it represented everything that i'd I'd been wanting to do for years and then obviously i released it the month that we went into lockdown so it was just like no I can also relate to that. Yeah. Oh, God. I I had my live show ready like a month before lockdown and it was going to be my year. And, you know, it was like, oh, festivals galore. But then, yeah, nothing. (laughs) Oh, God. That's so upsetting. 
Oh, but I want to put one of your tracks on, on my Warrior playlist, actually. But I'm still deciding between Raw Raw and Go All Out. I love that one, too. But maybe I should just put them all on. I'm just going to put them all on there. As you see, you have an absolute fangirl here. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but they're two very different tracks. Very different tracks. Yeah, but I mean, they have like this still, uh, you know, I have this Warrior playlist where I kind of, it, it's about the content. It's, you know, what they're talking about and yeah just this the the kind of the sound of it 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 vibes it vibes with um they both vibe with with the playlist so i might just pop them on i was gonna say put both on but yeah go all out out is more like you know why not and yeah exactly why not that's it go all out is why not and rara what is rara about oh rara is about um just wanting the men that I used to be with just to like just to do it (laughs) 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 you know what I mean that's good like you know say what you mean that's good (laughs) just stop that one there (laughs) (laughs) well I definitely love the song so yeah Uh, I think we can all um What's it called? Empathize. Empathize. I can't. Empathize. Yeah, empathize. empathize. I can't talk today um, with that, though. So. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have actually one question that we actually ask every guest. Um, have you ever been called such a bitch? So not by the guy. Oh. <laughs> by the guy? No, no, no not, by, not the by the guy. guy. Like, like maybe in, a, um, in a, a music industry context or, uh, I mean, anything else is fine as well. But um, I, I, I mean, I can't remember, but probably. I, I, pro- I imagine that I, I would have been in school, <laughs> for sure. Um, right. But it's just because school's horrible, isn't it? I, yeah. just, I didn't like school very much. But um. No, I don't. I don't specifically remember, but that doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually, well, you know, strong women uh, and and women who know what they want, and maybe like you know, you're going somewhere. For us, it's like mostly like with sound people. I want to say sound guys, but yeah, sound people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or stuff like that, and then you're like, no, you know, I need the sound to be this way and that way for me on stage or something, and then you're like, oh god, she's just such a bitch, just because you know what you're actually doing and what you want. Yeah, you know. So yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, I probably had that behind my back for sure. That you know that the sound engineer thing comes up all the time because whenever people ask me um, about the female male dynamic in the music industry and if I've ever experienced the negative sides of it um I always say yeah and it's that's the first thing that I always um speak up about because so many times I mean it sounds like you guys have had exactly the same thing you're doing the sound check I'm saying there's no reverb in my ears in my in-ear monitors and they're going mm, and they're looking down at their desk and going no there definitely is and that they're saying on the mic you're like no I'm, I'm telling you this there's no reverb can you just put a bit more they're like I don't know what to say that there, there really is de- I mean I, and I've whacked it right up as well so it's, it's got to be coming through your ears are you are you sure you're you, you know you're just struggling to hear it it's like <gasps> plug your headphones into my mix and then you can tell you know I'm, I would yeah. be very calm but I'm like come over and please just plug your headphones in and then you can tell me and they do mm-hmm. it and they're like oh yeah 
Oh yeah, it's completely dry. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> they don't believe us. Why did no, they, they not don't believe, believe us? It's, oh, it's it, so it, awful. It is because they don't think that we know what the hell we're doing. That's the problem. That's why they don't believe us. It's like, yeah, what does she know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely that, and that's what annoys me every time. I'm like, just yeah. in the, and but then, but then you do get some en- en- sound engineers who actually fully respect you. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. Don't yeah. You? yeah. No, there are great. good ones. It's 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 like the kind not, of not, not all, all sound engineers. Yeah. Not, not all sound engineers. <laughs> <laughs> not all sound engineers. People, we know, we know, but a lot of them. Okay. <laughs> it's true and and it is that it is that thing of them them thinking that you know you're a woman therefore you're not going to understand what you what you're hearing and you're like I've been man I have been touring and gigging for so many years and I'm pretty sure I'm going to know what's coming through my ears or not you know yeah oh yeah 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 I mean you've you've been at it as long as they have but for some reason you know you you have no idea what you're doing <laughs> it's yeah. really weird. You can't have any idea what you're doing. Yes. Why? How? No, how would she have an idea? Mm-hmm. I I remember. So I used to sing in um, covers bands, like doing performing at weddings and and things like that. And I used to be in this Motown band. So it would be three female singers and then um, a band, a live band. But sometimes the three singers would get sent out to do. Um, gigs to track because it was cheaper for whoever was paying for it so one time me and my two girlfriends who were in this band we drove up to york which from here is far it's, it's like ways away uh, it's far, isn't it? <laughs> yeah it's far it's yeah it's like six maybe six hours or something like that mm. maybe um so we drove up in one car and we ha- we did our own sound as well so we had all the pa in the back um and everything we get there and there's another um artist who's just playing piano and singing and she's got her dad who's like driving her around and her dad was like oh so um oh you came all the way from london so who drove you like oh i did and he's like he's like what? you you drove yourself i was like yeah and then we were, and then we were setting up the PA and he was like <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna be setting this up all yourself are you like yeah what he's a like, dick what what so you do so you do this all by yourself he was talking to us like children oh my we god like, we were like yes we do this all by ourselves on a regular basis and we really good at it you know yeah. and it's like oh classic example of oh just god. you know sexism right there right there wow how old was this guy um he must have been in like 40s 50s that's not even that old yeah yeah he had a daughter in his 20s you know but yeah so i mean i'm not to saying that it's mitigating circumstances because it's not but um if he was doing sound for his daughter he probably was in that kind of mindset of oh it's like Little yeah, thing. but just to like assume that of everybody else yeah, who's an no, artist, it's still super super sexist. Yeah, um, yeah, but Completely. yeah, it's, it was more just the way he was saying it as well, just mm-hmm. in the in the tone and just like you know, rather than being like, oh wow, you, oh that's amazing, great, yeah, you know, yeah. rather than being like that, it was like, oh my god, really? What? <laughs> Very what condescending. How? I'm yeah, so, so condescending. Capitalizing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, thank you. I can do without that. <laughs> Yeah, like, okay, fuck off now. I'm about to set up. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, also, you're getting in the way. Like, yeah, you need to get a move on. Oh. Yeah. 
Oh, <laughs> in the spring, you supported Goldfrap on their tour, you know, talking about touring. What was that like? Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, it was it was unexpected and incredible and it was just everything that yeah I, I really can't complain about any of the tour it was brilliant the the venues were great the audiences were, were so so lovely because I you know actually it was my first support tour um ever like full like long support tour and I've just what I've seen with other friends and um what I've heard is that support acts normally you know you get put on early there's no one there to see you you're playing to like half an empty room or even less the other bands don't really care about you I mean that's just the horror mm -hmm. sto stories that I've heard yeah um and it was just the complete opposite I think probably because of the uh, girlfriend's demographic slight, slightly older I would say like you know 25 plus maybe um and they were all there they were all there in the audience That's ready great. waiting you know <gasps> from pretty much the get-go which was so so lovely and um yeah it was just it was just brilliant it was just good <laughs> it was really nice like chatting to all the audiences like the audience um afterwards and everyone was buying merch and you know it's just one of those moments that you're like okay this is why we do it yes. <laughs> oh. you know that's awesome. Yes, and yeah. any crazy anecdotes? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot. <laughs> any you can tell us. Yes. <laughs> you know what, actually? Um, it was quite a tame tour because I didn't want to get sick. So I was like, I'm not going to drink for the entire the entire tour the boys were off drinking and doing their own thing they they probably got a lot more anecdotes than than i have but uh, no <laughs> i'm not very well, rock and roll that's okay. very well, professional I, of you you know i didn't because... allow myself to be rock and roll yeah i just didn't want to i just didn't want to fuck it up for myself oh my thing's going out i didn't want to fuck it up for myself you know mm. i didn't want to like to be honest, I did get really drunk on one night, actually. I've, I just realised that. <laughs> I just remembered. I had every intention of not drinking. And then on the night that my family were in, I got a bit excited. And, oh, then, well, there you go. Didn't, and then didn't go to sleep until four o'clock in the morning. And then we had a show the next day. And <gasps> the next day, oh, God, it was just, Ooh. it was the worst thing. And I was so disappointed in myself because I'd done so well the entire tour, not drinking. And I told myself that that's, that's why you're doing it. And, you know, it's not worth it. And then Coventry was a nightmare. I was just like asleep in the back of the van the whole way. I did the sound check with my, like, classic sunglasses <laughs> on. And I, was, and I was there and I was like, I do not give a <laughs> shit what anybody thinks of me right now they can call me diva they can call me anything I don't care I cannot look at these lights <laughs> <Just like. laughs> um and then yeah did the show and it was it was it, it went fine but you know when you're like when you're hungover and you try and do a workout and you're like <gasps> me the entire way through. so much <laughs> but I was because I'm, I'm quite an energetic performer but I was like dripping my heart was like Drrr. in between songs I was like I had to turn around to the band and be like just give me just give me a minute before you start the next track like you know getting a stitch and everything I was like oh my god I'm like never ever doing that again yeah how long is your show 
Uh, well, doing the support, they they well actually they gave me they gave us forty five minutes. I thought it was only going to wow. be thirty minutes, Ooh. but they gave us forty five minutes. Yeah. Oh so, shit! You did forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all the song. and I'm not I'm not a drinker I'm really not like a big drinker um so that that night just got really overexcited I came off stage and my family were there and I was just like buzzing and then someone offered me a drink and I was like yeah fuck it why not and then just one thing just one other. drink <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, for for our independent artists um, watching and listening, actually, I wanted to ask um, if you can disclose this. How how did that happen? Do you have a manager that arranged this for you? This this you know the opening, the supporting gold frap. Um, how does that work? Yeah, no, it was it was one of those um, right place, right time. I think situations, which I'm sorry to say, because I'd ra I'd much rather have a formula for everybody, <laughs> but um, it was. I don't know what happened to the previous support act, but I feel like they had someone booked for the entire run and then they must have cancelled or something because I didn't get told until 10 days before. But what happened is my, um, I don't have a manager, I manage myself, but my um, radio plugger had heard that Goldfrapp were looking for a support act. So um, I think she contacted the person that was they had employed to look for a support act, which, which is a company which deals with only um, supplying support acts for big artists or festivals. Um, so that was that company, which is Commercial Entertainment Limited. And then, um, yeah, they, they contacted Goldfrapp and Goldfrapp contacted my label directly um, just wow. to say we think that, um, you know, so Ashley would be a good fit kind of thing. So it was it was kind of a little chain through different people basically um but as I said I think the right person hearing that they were looking and then going oh so Ashes would fit put her forward kind of thing yeah that's great I'm re really yeah, glad cool. that happened for you yeah yeah me too thank you <laughs> <laughs> it was good it was fun like you can still hear the relief in your voice <sighs> <laughs> well yeah because because the thing is is that I got told 10 days before mm -hmm. um I hadn't gigged since November so that was a good six months or something like that Ooh. my band weren't available the band I normally perform with <laughs> oh, were not available no. um in order to keep costs down I needed to be the tour manager and organize everything so when my record mm. label first called me and said um oh just out of interest do you want us to go on tour with Goldfrap next week I was like no <laughs> and they were like what and I was like no I was like no you're kidding me I was like I, I'm not ready and they were like well it's very likely that it's going to go through and I was like okay fine and I got off the phone and I was thinking it's not going to happen I was like it's not going to happen it's fine I'll just there's no point in stressing about it it's not going to happen and then when I got the phone call back I was, he said you got the tour I was like oh great I, 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 I had such a I had such like an existential crisis in that moment because I was like, this is what I've wanted my entire yeah. career. And now that it's come, I'm like, no, no, don't want it. Thank you. Yeah. Bye bye. Yeah. Um, so I had 10 days. Well, really eight days because on the ninth day, we went into rehearsals for two days. I had eight days to find my band, send them all the parts. They needed to learn it during their busy schedules. I had to do the whole tour managing. So organizing accommodation, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was, it was, It was so stressful. I didn't, I, and when I say this, I literally mean it. I did not sleep for four days straight. Four days straight, oh. I didn't sleep. 
I was just and I was like taking sleeping tablets which you shouldn't do but I did I was just like trying anything to knock me out and I was just like wired the anxiety levels were just so high but then as soon as the first day came and we drove to the venue and then and we did the gig and then we went to the first accommodation which I hadn't fucked up the booking on I was like <laughs> ah, and I can relax everything's, yeah. sorted, yeah. everything's yeah. organized I don't feel like I, anything's messed up I feel like I've done it all good and I'm a good organizer generally but you know it's just like oh it's so way too little time <laughs> wait and, I, and I'm such a, I don't know about you guys but I'm such a perfectionist that I was thinking if I'm going to go on tour with golf rap, I want my show to be like the best that it could be yeah um mm-hmm. with two days rehearsals I didn't feel like it could be but actually the band were just so professional and just so on it and very seasoned players that they made the process so much easier and I was just able to relax that's a relief yeah that's a relief and and how many people in your band there was just two this time. Um, mm-hmm. So there was one drummer uh, and then one who was playing like bass, guitar, but also yeah. synths. And he was kind of, he's the multi-instrumentalist. Like. <laughs> I have the same, exactly the same setup. I'm like, just the two. That's easiest, yeah. you know. And indeed, yeah, you, you rely on them to like do show moves with you. Mm-hmm. and But also, yeah, I kind of had the same situation last year where... Um, I I was asked, well, I was asked, I knew that Steps was looking for a, an opener. And I'm, I, I'm like, I told my manager, I'm like, um, I, I can't do this because it's, it's too quick. I don't have time to do, you know, if I'm going to tour with bloody Steps, which is like, it's a stadium tour. I, I have to be more better. <laughs> I can't do that now. <laughs> I haven't done anything and like it's been COVID you know what how can I so uh yeah that that didn't happen and and sometimes you're like uh, you know should I have done it I don't know in the meantime not working with that manager anymore either so you know Uh, I think I think it's the best the way it went the way it went yeah yeah Yeah. well things I I do I genuinely do believe that things mostly happen for a reason so Mm. um yeah what are you are you both managed no no, I'm um, self-managing. Yeah, self-managing. I mean, to be honest, with all the managers that I had before, I didn't really feel very managed. I always <laughs> kind of was doing my own thing anyway. Yeah, so, it's so true. I, I, often people like ask me if, I, if um, I'm managed and they're like, you don't really need a manager. It's like, well, not really. I think we probably need other members of the team, but maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily a manager. Yeah. Um, well, it, it would be nice yeah. for somebody who actually manages and like finds stuff for you. But I just have the feeling that all the people before, especially now that the, the industry has changed and they don't really kind of like take a cut anymore, but they, you know, you have to like yeah. pay them a fee. Uh, I'm not sure if I can call the managers, maybe coaches a yeah. little bit, but it looks more yeah. like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just taking your money and I'm not really doing a lot with it. So I prefer to use my money for other things. <laughs> Yeah. yeah it's funny isn't it because sometimes it feels like I, I certainly feel sometimes that I just quite like to have someone else on my team as in like as my team <laughs> so someone like I have my record label but sometimes I just feel like it'd be quite nice to have like a another person who's as invested as we are mm. who will also bring ideas to the table and also be like oh you guys haven't thought about this why don't we try this route you know yeah. mm-hmm. but I guess you know the things that uh, do you guys have live agents? I guess that's the thing, the big, the biggest thing. 
That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Well, not yeah, yet. No. I don't. Ha- I don't have one. I don't have one, by the way. <laughs> but, but I think put me on the spot like that. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, I, it sounded like I have one, but I don't. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Well, I like, I don't have one either. I think it's a live agent guy. Let you know. Yeah. I don't have one. <laughs> but you're saying that's like kind of the key, or is that what? What do you mean? I I think so. I I think that we don't need managers, but I think we do need certain parts of of the team. And I think that so like I've got a radio plugger, for instance, mm-hmm. that's, you know, an essential part of the team. Live agent, I think, is a really essential part of the team, which I just don't have one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, you know, in order to get out there and perform in, in front of people and support bands and play with or support the roster of artists that that live agent has, for instance, I think it's really valuable. Um, and obviously everyone wants a live agent and that's the reason why I, th- I, I, I don't know I struggled to get one I guess um being honest but um I think that that's quite uh, an important part of the team um unless you find that you can get you you're able to source gigs and stuff yourself but I know I struggle with it yeah, with that, yeah that it's just such a big world you know and so you network mm-hmm. on your uh, promoters and you network on maybe booking agents or something like that you network on the other side on like sync people and music supervisors uh, you network with um, yeah other artists and, and uh, band members for example and oh god and, and producers so it's such it's it's a huge job that we're doing all on our own uh, so one yeah. thing at a time but yeah a live agent would be nice yeah. I do have a tour manager Ooh. kind of now I mean, you know, not signed yet, but we're getting there. Right. Um, oh, nice. So, nice. so would, would he would he find you gigs as well then? Yes, he would. He would. Oh, but okay. he specialized in Asia. So uh, it's looking like uh-huh. an Asian tour. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Pretty cool. That's so cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. For next year, for 2023, for people listening in the, in the past. So uh, uh, in the future, <laughs> I mean, not in the past. But <laughs> for people listening in the future, 2023. <laughs> Maybe there are people listening uh, from the past. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, maybe there are people listening from 2023. Yeah, maybe there are. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, I want I I want to thank you uh, for coming on the show, and uh, uh, let's wrap up. That's all for today. Yeah. So, yeah, so, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been so lovely chatting to you guys. Well, it thank you for good. yeah. It's yeah. it's I I think your um all whole artist persona and uh, you know is very interesting and the way you're going forward and growing is amazing. So you know very much uh, a, a huge example. So thank you and please continue. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, sometimes that's the that's the question, isn't it? It's like, do I continue? <laughs> yes, yes, soldiering on. <laughs> okay, okay, you can do it. thanks guys absolutely so that's all for today thank you for tuning in to Unboxing Women if you've ever had an experience that you would like to share with us here is the banner send us a DM or tag us in your post with the hashtag suchabitch or send us an email on suchabitch at unboxingwomen.com Don't forget to drop us a like on Instagram or wherever you are listening to us. Today's guest has been Salt Ashes. Thank you for coming to the show. Great to have you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So my name is Dana Rex and I've been chatting with Micah Rose and Salt Ashes. Tune into another episode of Unboxing Women next week. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye.